Volatility in the market is a fact. What isn't so clear is what the ups and downs of the market can do to your retirement portfolio. For answers, call Kevin Brooker at 800-975-6717. Kevin is founder and CEO of Silverleaf Financial, and he's been helping people cut through the noise to create a retirement and income plan that can take you all the way through retirement. Call now for your free financial consultation, 800-975-6717. Today's market volatility can really take a toll on your portfolio. But what if you could lock in your gains and still be in a position to participate in the gains without suffering losses if the market plunges again? That's what Kevin Brooker at Silverleaf Financial can help you achieve. Your no-cost analysis includes a portfolio x-ray showing any hidden fees in your current plan. He'll show you how by claiming Social Security at the right time can make a huge difference in your retirement income. Call Kevin Brooker today, 800-975-6717. Do it today. This is Kevin Brooker, and welcome to Cruising Through Retirement. You know, many people strive to keep their current lifestyle in retirement. So on today's show, we're going to outline six steps to help make that happen for you. Cruising Through Retirement with Kevin Brooker. Kevin is an investment advisor representative with more than 30 years experience. He's helped thousands of people cruise through retirement, and he'd be happy to help you too. Stick around for today's adventure on Cruising Through Retirement. Hey, welcome in, everybody. This is Cruising Through Retirement. Kevin Brooker is here. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Kevin is a fiduciary and investment advisor representative uh, helping folks for more than 30 years. Find him at Silverleaf Financial. Find his website at silverleaffinancial.com. He is a fiduciary independent. He's an author. Wrote the book called The Millionaire's Guide to Tax-Free Money for Long-Term Care. Um, hey, Kevin, what's going on? Oh, hey, Steve, it is another beautiful day in the desert. Boy, yeah. Boy, it beats the heck out of Florida this time of year right oh, now. Oh, huh? it does. It does. And I, I feel terrible for those folks. Uh, um, you know, I've gone through the, fl the floods like that myself a few times. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, and, I lived in, and I lived in Florida for a few years. Oh, so. did you really? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. You know, we are a, a alumnus of the University of Florida. Oh, so. okay. So you were, you were there. I was there fighting gators. Fighting That's right. gators. Had, nice stuff. I had that. That's right. I had that Gator bumper sticker on my Triumph TR7 when I was in college. <laughs> Boy, there's a car I haven't heard of in a long time. A Triumph oh, TR7. Yeah, TR7. Oh, that, that, was such a, that was so much fun to drive. So oh, yeah, fun. absolutely. And, uh, you know, and then if you, had, if, if, and if you had too much fun, then you could spend the next couple of days working on it after it broke down on you. So. <laughs> because that will happen. <laughs> that happens quite a bit with those uh, what is it, British Leyland engines, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, very good. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, well, all right. Well, blast. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, fun times for sure. And sure. one of the th we want to have fun times in retirement, Kevin. And I think you mentioned at the beginning we talk about lifestyle and maintaining that lifestyle, and that's really what we want is just to have you know a lifestyle that that we want. And and I mean, for me personally, I just soon have a better lifestyle in retirement than I. I do now. Oh, no doubt about it, right? I mean, if, if, if you're one of those fortunate people that uh, that you've managed to put away, you've scrimped and you saved and you, uh, you know, didn't waste your money on anything frivolous and now you've got a nice nest egg and you're going to actually have more income in retirement than you made while you're working, congratulations, because that that is a fantastic spot to be in. 
And there's no way that happens without a lot of diligence and a lot of commitment exactly. to that retirement plan. You know, but I know there are some people like that, right? And and that what talk about it. I would call that a blessed, you know, blessed position. Oh, I guess. sure. That's a great yeah, description. Yeah. You know, because I can't imagine being happier <laughs> about your place in life if uh, if you're in that fortunate position. But, you know, it, take, it takes a ton of discipline and dedication. Um, and we all know that, right? Any of us that have been doing it, you know, for 30 years or more, um, it does. You, you know how many things come up, right? You know, mm. emergencies or things break down or, or, or one of your kids needs help or whatever it might be. It can be tough to say no. And it can be hard to say no when you want to stay focused on saving that retirement money. But if you're able to do it and put it away, you'll be very, very well rewarded. Sure. And so, you know, so that's what we want to talk about. How do you get to that point where you have that lifestyle, you can maintain the lifestyle you have, or maybe even improve it? All right. And and the first thing, one of the first questions that obviously we all have to go through is determining when exactly you want to retire. Yeah, that is right? the question, isn't it? And and it's hard to answer for a lot of folks. It You know, it's really hard, especially especially when... You know, you might have thought you were getting close to retirement a year ago, uh, you know, when the market was hitting record high after record high after record high. And and just to remind everybody, we hit over 60 record highs last year in the stock market. Oh, More those than, were the days. <laughs> there weren't those the days. That was nice, right? That was nice. That was a lot of fun, you know, but it was more than once a week. And that that is it is that is not a normal market. Um, you know, it's fantastic when you're making money and you see it doing that. Uh, but but because we've had such phenomenal gains in the last several years uh, and hit so many records, you know, and now I think it's just a natural unwind. We're seeing it unwind, you know, giving back some of those profits, um, you, you know. But but my point being, if you thought you were ready to retire a year ago, maybe you had four or five hundred grand put away or whatever the number might be. Well, chances are you you, you might have lost a hundred thousand of that now if you're in if you're in the market. Because if, if you had that traditional 60-40 portfolio, 60% stocks, 40% bonds, you've had one of the worst years that we've seen in decades. This is, this is one of the very, very worst performance periods for that traditional 60-40 portfolio that we've ever seen. And, and it doesn't mean that it's broken. It just means that we're going through a period of consolidation, uh, recalibration, if you will. Um, but you know, if you look back at market history, um, the markets have always, so far, they've always come back to hit new highs. And that's what I want everybody to keep focusing, keep remembering and reminding yourself because it's painful, right? I'm in there too. Nobody likes to, likes to see your account value go down. I don't like losing money any more than the next guy. And, and none of us like it. Um, but that is, that's, the price, that's the price we've got to pay sometimes. Um, but I wouldn't make a quick emotional decision simply based on a short-term loss. My point is, you might have been close to retirement a year ago. Now you see the decline and now you're saying, man, I might have to work another two, three years over and above what I thought. Mm -hmm. And so, so that's what we're trying to figure out, right? So you start off by picking out your retirement date because when you pick your retirement date, now we've got a time horizon because we pick out when you're around to retire, maybe at 65 and you say, all right, Kevin, I want to plan on living until 92. And that's our starting point, okay? Because we have to, the only way you put together a plan is we have to know how long, right? We're planning on, on spending the money and, and how long we're gonna need that money. Uh, and a lot of times when I say to somebody, I say, you know what, why don't we pick a number in the 90s for you know, for the end date, if you will. Uh, I get so much pushback on that. That's a, one of the biggest surprises to me is how many people fight me on that. And, and I get it, you know, the average life expectancy is actually been going down in the US. Oh yeah. Um, it's like 77, I think now. And, and so it, it makes sense somebody would push back um, and, and a lot of times I'll, we'll talk about claiming social security because obviously that all ties into it. And do you, do you know, a lot of people claim early 
like a quarter of the population claims at right at 62. Right. Uh, you know, and by doing that, to me, that might be a big mistake because uh, the way that I look at it, you know, when I have the conversation with folks, I say, well, what's, why, why don't you want to wait? And they say, they'll say, oh, well, you know, we've all heard the program might go bust. They might cut the payments. Um, and they say that, you know, they want to make sure they collect their money because, you know, if they die too young, then they wouldn't have collected it. And what I say is, well, what problem is that going to create, though, if you die too young? What, what problem is that going to be? And, and they all, they kind of get a day's look in their face. And then they realize what I'm saying is that if you do die too young and you only collected social security for, a, I don't know, a couple of years, maybe, or you never collected it. All right. I don't foresee, personally, I don't view that as a problem. You know, you're, you're, you're gone, right? There, you don't have any more problems. There's one nice thing about that is you don't have any more problems. No more stress, no, no more anxiety. <laughs> no, exactly. You got, you got nothing to worry about, right? Yep. But what I say is what happens if you live longer? than you expected. What happens if medical science continues to come up with new cures and ways to, you know, prolong life? What if you wind up living to 93 or 94? You know, if you claim too early and you and you only plan to live to your 80s, the problem can be that you run out of money and now you're living in poverty as an 87-year-old or something. And and I just think that would be a horrible situation. I think that would be a big big problem. And and so to me, you're much better off waiting much better off making sure so that you're highly, highly confident you've got enough, you know, to, to get through retirement, to live a comfortable life, maintain that lifestyle. If unfortunately something happens and, and you, and you pass away sooner, my opinion is so be it. That's okay. It's okay. It's not a problem, right? The problem is if you outlive your money and you run out of money. And you don't want to so, do that. Nobody, I don't think anyone wants to do Nobody that. Nobody right? wants to do that. No, of course not. Well, you know, you we know, talk about this and, and one of the things that comes to mind for me anyway is you're talking about putting all that money together, all of that. And that really, this is the time where you really can kind of explain what sequence of returns risk is. No question. No question. I appreciate you bringing that up, Steve, because sequence of returns uh, is, is something that we talk about, uh, you know, or they call it sequence risk. Right. Um, or, or sequence of return risk. And what this is, now is a good time to talk about it because we're sitting in a market right now. We're, we're basically sitting at 52-week lows, again, for the indexes here. Um, you know, the S&P is down roughly 23% or so for the year. Uh, NASDAQ is down over 30% for the year. I want to say 31 or 32% now. And so the, those are pretty significant corrections. And so to illustrate this point, let me give an example. Let's say a person retired last year, the end of 2021. Okay. Mm -hmm. After we, as we just mentioned, we had over 60 record highs last year. Now, some people would say, you know, and it was what, like a 20, what do you have, like a 26 or 27% gain, I think, in the SP last year? Yeah, I think so. Uh, you know, so it was a great year, right? Great year. Things are looking, things are looking rosy. And you say, you know what, my portfolio did great. I've got a 60 40 portfolio, uh, you know, 60% stocks, 40% bonds. Everything is going really well. We're hitting all these record highs. Everything looks great. I'm just going to retire December 31st of 21, and I'm going to leave all of my money in that 60-40 portfolio. Okay? Mm -hmm. Now, imagine you did that. Maybe you've got, I don't know, maybe there was 700 grand in the market at that point. Well, guys, that 60-40 portfolio this year has gotten devastated. All right? So the sequence risk is that a person retires, and, they, and they're pulling, you know, 3 or 4%, which is a typical withdrawal rate that we suggest. Uh, they're pulling 3 or 4% from this portfolio. But now it got smacked by a bear market. Okay. So sequence risk is the risk that you have a market portfolio, stocks and bonds, and that in your first few years of retirement, 
your investments lose money because at the same time you're withdrawing from it, right? Yes. So if you're pulling out three, four percent and then it drops another 15 percent or whatever the number might be, you know, now you've all of a sudden got a portfolio that's your, your 700 grand is now 560. OK, and that's just after one year. So what happens if we have another year just like this one where we drop another 20 or 30 percent? Right. Yeah. I haven't heard anybody actually forecast that yet. Yes. But OK, but there's a lot of people throwing around that R word. Right. Recession. A lot of people, personally, I think we're already in a recession. Um, technically, you know, you, depending on your textbook definition, you know, the, most textbooks say it's two, two, two quarters in a row of negative GDP. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you can, you can argue we've already seen that. Um, some people say you can't have a recession when we have such low unemployment, you know, but, but we'll see. Um, to me, it's semantics. The fact of the matter is the market typically will drop about 30% when you go into a recession. Well, NASDAQ has already dropped 30%, guys. So uh, typically your worst losses, okay, in the stock market are going up to the recession. The year before the recession, generally, and historically, the year before the recession has worse returns than the year of the recession, and it's definitely worse than coming out of it. In fact, if you look two to three, if you look two years away out from the point of recession, or let's say when the market's already down 20%, Two years out, there's over a 90% probability that you're going to have double-digit gains from that point. And that's going back, and we looked at the last, I want to say it was, it's happened nine times since 1950. Um, eight out of the nine times, you, you were money ahead after two years. One time, you weren't. Um, but the average gain uh, was, was, was over 20%. Sure. So now, of course, it doesn't mean it's going to happen again now. People can always say this time it's different. But in my opinion, you're much better off, you know, buying at a market that's 25 or 30% down, you know, then you are buying at record highs. Well, I think and- the, I think what you pointed out there is that the market is forward thinking. So it's already happened, right? It, it, yeah, it's already, the market anticipates. It, yes. it is a, for, it, is, it is a, we call it a forward, you know, it's a discount mechanism, a forward discounting mechanism. It's trying to read into the future, see what's happening. Uh, it's, it for, we saw interest rates rising. We saw that happening. What threw the, threw everybody for a loop the other day was when the Bank of England reverses course and and uh, uh, that caused that big jump in the middle of the week this week. Well, yeah, what the heck? And, and that is what the heck. And, and, and you know what? Some people are saying, all right, guys, they, they just made this thing potentially a whole heck of a lot worse. All right. So that, I think, is why the market, you know, turned around and tanked the next day is because um, they were on a, you know, they were uh, raising interest rates. We call it tightening, quantitative tightening. So in other words, it makes it harder for people to borrow. Because interest rates are higher, it makes it it makes the banks tighten up their lenders lending standards. Because if we do go into a recession, that means a lot of people, you know, some people are more likely to, to default on their loans. So the banks are going to be more strict with who they lend to, which means they're going to be lending less money, which means the economy is going to slow down because there's not that as much money being pumped through it. Which of course is what the Federal Reserve wants. That's what they're trying to do is slow it down so we don't have this crazy inflation, this out of control inflation. All right. But what the Bank of England just did is they did a complete flip and they went way to the other side and said, oh, now we're going to start buying those bonds again, which is which is the opposite of what a lot of us think they should be doing right now. Right. Um, You know, but but anyway, it's a a little bit of a side note. England has different or the UK has far different problems than we do in the US. It's you know, their their whole Brexit thing, you know, leaving the European Union. um, It's far different problems than we have. And uh, so it doesn't necessarily mean that's what's going to happen here. Um, but 
it is a big wrench that just got thrown into the gears. And uh, so we don't know exactly the impact. So going back to the sequence risk, yeah. what, I'm, what I'm saying is that anybody that has a portfolio, if you're planning on living off of your portfolio in retirement, you need to be extremely careful. In particular, like I said, that risk of seeing down returns your first few years of retirement can, can seriously, uh, uh, that can really damage, damage the entire plan. You know, in other words, if you take too big a losses in those first few years, your plan might not make it all the way through. In other words, there's a good chance you're going to run out of money before you run out of life. And, and I think that is the last thing anyone wants to happen. Oh, of course. Yeah. Well, again, that whole sequence of returns, that's a, that is a, I've, in fact, we were talking about that, I mean, with some of the other folks here and the, there's a lot of confusion about what it is and how it works. And it, 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 it's not complicated, but it, it's something to be considered. It is, it is definitely you, you, anybody that if, if you have money in stocks and bonds, and right. you're and you're living off of that money or you plan to live off of it in retirement. In other words, you plan on withdrawing from it in your retirement and you're going to do that right away. That's what I'm talking about, because, as I mentioned, you've got to when, when, when we put together the plan and we say, OK, you've got 700 grand and you're going to take out three percent per year. Right. And now the market drops 15, 16 percent instead of that portfolio being reduced by three percent. It's reduced by almost 20 percent. Ouch. And. and and if that happens a couple of years in a row, okay, and, I've, and side note, think about 2000, 2001, and 2002, right? The mm -hmm. market peaked in 2000. It went down uh, later on in 2000. It went down in 2001. It didn't bottom until October of 2002. And, and so this isn't necessarily over with, guys. Uh, it might be. I hope we're near the bottom, you know, but most people are forecasting a, another 10 or 12% drop in the markets is what a lot of analysts are forecasting. And so I don't know that all the damage is done. Sure. And I would not I would not want to be the person that retired, you know, within the last 12 months and left and left their money in the stock market um, because I think your plan has has, uh, uh, has been in a serious accident. How do we and, adjust yeah. for that? What do we do? What do we do? You know, OK, let's let's talk about what do we do? OK, first thing what I'm going to suggest is before you get to this point and before you retire, we want to sit down and talk about a plan. Okay. Mm -hmm. And what we're going to go, we're going to talk about your income, your expenses. I'm talking about in retirement. Okay. What is going to, what your income is going to be in retirement? Uh, what are your income sources? Are you fortunate enough to have a pension, for instance? Um, you know, looking at how much social security money you're going to receive. Have you claimed yet? If you haven't, we want to figure out an optimum time to claim. For instance, if it's a married couple, then typically what I recommend is whoever had the higher, whoever's going to get the bigger social security check, that person should wait as long as possible, if not to 70. Like my plan and my situation, I am married. Um, my social security check is, is higher than my wife's. Uh, and therefore, I'm going to do everything I can. Everything I'm planning on is waiting until I'm 70. Okay, technically three months before I turn 70, um, before I file and claim my social security. Because when the first spouse dies, the, the surviving spouse is going, to, is going to get the bigger social security check. They will not get both. They will only get the bigger one. And so if you're the person that had the bigger social security check, that's the money that your surviving spouse is going to be living on. And so in my opinion, you're not just thinking about yourself here. You're thinking about your spouse. Okay. And what I say is if you think there's a chance that one of you, just one of you could live past the age of, let's say 81 or 82, then you really should try to wait until 70 to collect. And the reason being is that when you do the math, if you don't, if you wait to collect until you're 70, generally your break-even point is around 81 or 82. 
In other words, that's how long it takes to receive all the money that cumulatively that you would have received had you claimed earlier. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, so that's one part of it. The second, but the next part though, is when we look at your expenses, I want to see that you've got income to cover all of your expenses and that includes your hobbies, things you want to do, travel, whatever it is you want to do, you know, golf, golf can be really expensive, right? Um, and travel can be really expensive too, actually. Sure. So whatever you want to do, we want to put it all in the budget. And if you have a shortfall, what I want to do is I want to figure out a way to, to get you that income from a guaranteed source. And I'm going to suggest you look at an annuity. Okay. And guys, let me give you an example. I talked about it uh, in, in one of the re- re- uh, recent previous shows uh, and that interest rates going higher. We've all seen interest rates go higher. We, we, we've been talking about it. You know, interest rates have gone from virtually zero um, to a two-year treasury note of over 4%. Okay. The good news is that that has affected all of the income annuities by it. In other words, all of the income annuities are paying you much more now than they would have a year ago. And so let me give an example. Let's say you're 60 years old and you've got, yeah, I've been talking about the $700,000 portfolio. So let's keep it simple and just say you put 100,000, you're 60 years old, you put 100,000 into an income annuity. And the key here is you got to leave it alone for a little while. So you don't want to touch it for a little while because every year that you wait, it's going to get bigger. And if you wait 10 years until you're 70, now I know a lot of people don't want to hear that, but if you're single, 100,000 could get you over $13,500 a year. If you're married, you can get over 12,000 a year. So let's stick with a married couple, right? Sure. So that's a thousand, that's a thousand bucks a month you can get. Okay. 12 grand a year. Now let's, let's, let's say what we took the situation here was 100,000. You waited for 10 years and now you're going to get 12 grand a year as a married couple. Okay. Joint life. In other words, that contract will keep paying you as long as either one of you are alive. So if, if your wife lives until 104, those checks are going to keep on coming in, even if the account value went to zero, you know, several years ago. It's the only account, guys, that keeps on paying you after it goes to zero. That's why I like the lifetime withdrawal benefit of annuities. And they don't all have this, by the way, and they don't all pay you the same amount, just like they don't all offer you auto insurance for the exact same amount, right? Um, you got you to shop around. And, and, and if you're the customer, if you're the client, you need to make sure you're working with an advisor that has access to everything that's out there. A lot of advisors don't. A lot of them are captive. They work at a big firm. The big firm says, no, you're just going to sell our proprietary products. You can't sell everything that's out there. Chances are you're not going to get the best deal if that's the case. All right. So let's go back to the example. 100,000, 10 years later, gives you 12,000 in income. That's going to pay you for both you and your spouse's life. Okay. Now let's flip that around. And they say, Kevin, I don't know. I don't know. I heard bad things about annuities, you know, blah, blah, blah. And by the way, that's usually the variable contracts or the big expenses. Of course. Not all like that. All right. But let's say you say, you know, you know what? I want to take my chances in the stock market. I'm going to invest it. I'm a good investor. I think I can put that hundred grand in there and I can make enough to live off of. All right. So let's go back. We told, we talked about earlier how your recommended withdrawal rate is three to 4%. Okay. Let's say it's 4%. So on a hundred thousand, that would be four grand a year. In order to get that 12 grand a year, you need to triple your money. Triple. You need to triple it in 10 years. That would get you 300,000, right? And Mm -hmm. 4% would get you 12 grand a year. So it, and then you're going to be taking that 12,000 a year from your stock portfolio. You can't have a lot of bonds in there if you're going to triple your money for over 10 years, right? Right. That can't be a lot. So that's got to be a higher risk portfolio in order to do that. And most people do not have the ability to triple their money in 10 years. Let's say you're an awesome investor and you pull it off. The thing is, you've got to keep that portfolio growing, right? Otherwise, you're not going to be able to keep on withdrawing that money because I remember I gave the example of a married couple. 
So that means this portfolio has to generate that $12,000 a year for as long as either one of you live. And so if you have some down years like we're seeing now with the NASDAQ down 31, 32%, that portfolio and that plan could just blow up. All right. And so what I say is, you know, why take the chance that you've got to triple your money and, and why take the chance that you might run out of money? Why don't you just take that $100,000, put it into the best income annuity we can find, and it's going to pay you guaranteed on a guaranteed basis. It'll pay you that $1,000 a month joint life income for you and your wife after 10 years. To me, that is, that is a way smarter way to do it because there's no risk of a loss. There's no worry about a market risk. There's no worry about some crazy thing happening across the pond in Europe that could possibly derail our stock market. You know, because to me, one of the big goals and one of the things I'm really looking forward to in retirement is not having stress and anxiety about where is, you know, am I going to have enough money? Is how much is this going to cost me? How much is that? Well, can I really afford that? I don't want to have those concerns. I want to know what I can and can't afford going into it. And it's going to be, and I'm going to be able to do that because my income sources for me and my wife will be guaranteed. And so what I'm saying is a lot of times people think about, you know, these investments and, and a lot of times they, they, they seem to act as though we're suggesting all of their money goes in, you know, like the stock market or all of it goes into annuities or all of it well, goes into Well, of course bonds. not. All right. There's no way, no way. <laughs> that is not what I recommend. All right. I would go back to the example. And, I, and as I mentioned, we we're talking about a couple that had 700,000 and they're saying they need extra income. What do they do? I'm going to say, let's start off looking at 100 in income. Maybe it's 200, maybe it's 300. It depends on how much income you want and how much safety you want. But that's the first thing I'm going to suggest is we figure out the income, get you the income that you're going to want and that, and that you're going to need. And I've talked about earlier for me and my wife, we don't have any pensions. All we've got in guaranteed income right now is social security. And of course, that's got the big asterisk on it too. Um, but I am confident it'll be there. I don't know that it'll be there at the exact same level it is now. Um, but in addition to Social Security, what I'm going to be doing is laddering income annuities. So I'm going to buy several contracts uh, with different companies that'll spread out my carrier risk and reduce the risk of a problem with a carrier. Uh, and the reason I'm also going to do this is because it gives you the ability to stagger the income. So in other words, my, my feeling is, I want to be able to get an increase in my income maybe every couple of years. And so if I've got six different contracts, you know, I can start one at 72, another at 74, another at 76 and so on. And so as retirement goes by and as we see inflation in retirement, I'll be able to just turn on another income source that's going to pay me like another five or 600 bucks a month each time I turn a new one on. And so I believe that's a solid plan to get us through retirement. It'll help us deal with inflation and rising costs because we have additional sources of income coming in and they're all guaranteed. I don't have to worry about the market falling apart. All right. But guys, that doesn't mean I, I don't have money in stocks and bonds. I've got, I'll have that too. All right. And so what I suggest is that we use all of the tools, right? In, in any, any person that's you know done construction or you worked on an automobile, you can't just do it with a screwdriver, right? No. You can't just... You can't just do it with a hammer. Okay? No. You got to have your whole toolbox, right? You need the right tool for the right job. Right. And, and it's very similar with investing. None of the tools out there are perfect for every situation, right? Sometimes the answer might be stocks. Sometimes it might be bonds. Maybe, maybe it's bank CDs. Maybe it's short-term treasuries. Maybe, it, maybe it's annuities. Maybe it's annuities for safety or maybe it's annuities for income, all right? Because the annuities that provide you the highest income they're not necessarily the ones that are also going to give you the highest growth. And I know that might pose a question in your mind. And I'm going to say, if you'd like to talk about it, 
just give me a call. I'll be happy to go through it with you anytime. Uh, what I always want to do is find the best solution for whatever problem it is we're trying to address. And I believe that portfolio mix that has all these different tools in it is going to give you the best odds of success in retirement. I like it. 800-975-6717. That's the number, folks. And you can just visit silverleaffinancial.com. You can reach out to Kevin right there. Um, so, Kevin, before we run out of time, you you talk about not putting all your eggs in one basket. And we were talking before the show that this might be a pretty good time to seriously consider a Roth conversion. Yes, yes. I'm glad you reminded me of that. They, exactly. And that's, that's uh, yes, yeah, Steve and I were talking before the show. Um, guys, this is the time, okay? So in other words, take a look at your IRA, all right, uh, your 401k, okay? Um, if you're in a situation that, that you can convert it, okay? I'm talking about a traditional IRA or traditional 401k. Chances are you have mutual funds or stocks, right? And chances are they're down at least 20% for the year, right? Because the S&P is down 23%, NASDAQ is down 31 or 32%. There's a lot of stocks and a lot of mutual funds and a lot of ETFs, exchange traded funds that are down worse than that. They're down much more than like, just like a semiconductors, for instance. All right. If you own those and you plan to hold on to them because you think that over time they're going to come back and make you money, I think you should step back for a second and consider whether it makes sense to do a Roth conversion. Now, in other words, convert some of it now because you're doing it at a 30% discount to where it was at the beginning of the year. Right? Mm -hmm. Can you imagine, you know, so just take a look at your portfolio, any number of stocks. I mean, you know, like if you have, I don't know, NVIDIA in your portfolio, it's down like 60% for the year. If you've got that in your IRA and you plan to hold it long term, give some thought to whether it makes sense to convert it to a Roth. Now, if you do that, what it means is, let's say you convert $10,000 worth of whatever. Uh, what it means is that's going to be treated like an extra $10,000 of income for you in the year in which you do it. So let's say you do it next week. That means for 2022, you're going to have an extra $10,000 of taxable income that you have to pay taxes on. But then it's in your Roth IRA, right? And as long as you leave it alone, you let it grow, it's going to come out tax-free, okay? And I believe that, that now is the time you want to do it. The time to do a Roth conversion is when your portfolio is down, okay? I'm not saying this is the absolute bottom of the market, but I do think it's a great time to start doing conversions. And I would do it exactly like that. I would look at how much you would like to convert in total and then maybe do a third of it now. You know, that's how I would look at it. So maybe, maybe you got a hundred grand you'd like to convert. Maybe you do 30, 35,000 now. All right. And then wait a little while because there are plenty of people calling for the markets to go lower. They could be wrong or they could be right. We don't know. But if the markets do go lower, that's when I would say, you know what, let's convert another third of it. And then let a little more time go by because none of us know exactly when the market's going to turn. Uh, or if or if it's going to be a sustained turn, all right. So then you wait a while longer and maybe do maybe do that final piece, you know, four or five six months from now, all right. Mm -hmm. And the point the point is we don't know, but I think it's a very smart strategy, uh, and it's very prudent, right? Because you're going to pay taxes on the conversion, right? And so once you do that, those those are tax free assets, and then in retirement you could be generating tax free income off of that portfolio. And to me, to me, those are two of the my favorite words are tax free. Oh, so gosh, I think it's yes. A, Right. So it's a great time to think about a Roth conversion. All right. Fine. I like that. Well, I mean, this has just been it's been just a weird year. And, and fortunately, we're we're getting it's going to be over. But but again, like you said, we're it's forward looking. That's how we have to think of things. We can't forget what we're doing now. But at the same time, with an eye on the future, because that's how it works. 
It, no question about it. No question. And, and I would say, you know, I've, I've said for the last couple of years uh, until recently, uh, I have uh, told my clients to avoid, you know, very much exposure to bonds, especially long term bonds. Uh, I've been focused on short term bonds, which is, you know, like zero to five years. Uh, and that's because we saw the I saw the interest rate hikes coming uh, and I knew bond long term bonds would not pardon me, would not do well. But now, you know, two year treasuries are two year treasuries are over four percent. OK, and I'll tell you for the guys for the first time ever. Uh, personally, I have just opened an account with the U.S. Treasury and I've bought uh, and I bought short term bonds, actually bills. I bought three months treasury bills and I'm getting three point three percent interest. Wow. OK. And and I, I did that for both myself, for me and my wife, and I did it for, actually for my corporation, my corporate, for what it's worth. Um, I would strongly suggest if those, you know, if you if you're keeping money in a money market, like you know, a lot of money markets are done around two point one, two point two. Well, if you think if you don't need day to day liquidity, and you can just uh, put the money away for, like I said, thirteen weeks, it's three months. You get you can get an extra full percentage point off what you're probably getting in your money market. Man, I mean, things so, change quickly, don't they? They do. And the reason I went with three months is because, you know, because things change go, quickly because they change quickly and rates are probably going to go higher. Yeah. So just, just something to mention, there's no fees, there's no costs. You, the U.S. Treasury is the bank that you would have the money at. So I feel pretty safe having it. I think so, too. 800-975-6717. You can call Kevin there. You can visit the website, silverleaffinancial.com. There's a link right at the top. You can email Kevin right there. And you can also get a free copy of his book, which I would encourage you to do, The Millionaire's Guide to Tax-Free Money for Long-Term Care. Yes, definitely. See, I appreciate you mentioning that. And guys, definitely check out, you know, take a look at my uh, at my website. There's a, a form online you can submit. It's very simple. Doesn't ask you a lot of information and you get a free copy of the book. Um, you know, I'd be ha I'd be happy to share it. There's a lot of good information in there and I can show you how you can if, if you do need to pay for long term care, you can do it on a tax free basis. That's a big, big savings for you. So by all means, take a look, check it out. Let me know what you think. Provided this for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment tax or legal advice. The covered material has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. There are risks associated with every type of investment vehicle. Please read the prospectus and risk disclosures thoroughly before investing. Insurance guarantees are subject to the insurance company's ability to pay. Neither Silverleaf Financial, Kevin Brooker, hosts, and guests are responsible for the usage of information discussed. Security and investment services offered through Silverleaf Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Please consult with an experienced advisor before making any investment decisions. Volatility in the market is a fact. What isn't so clear is what the ups and downs of the market can do to your retirement portfolio. For answers, call Kevin Brooker at 800-975-6717. Kevin is founder and CEO of Silverleaf Financial, and he's been helping people cut through the noise to create a retirement and income plan that can take you all the way through retirement. Call now for your free financial consultation, 800-975-6717. Today's market volatility can really take a toll on your portfolio. But what if you could lock in your gains and still be in a position to participate in the gains without suffering losses if the market plunges again? That's what Kevin Brooker at Silverleaf Financial can help you achieve. Your no-cost analysis includes a portfolio x-ray showing any hidden fees in your current plan. He'll show you how by claiming Social Security at the right time can make a huge difference in your retirement income. 
Call Kevin Brooker today, 800-975-6717. Do it today. 